Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Well, this morning's sermon, I hope you have your your lesson sheet. I sent it out uh, via email, and uh, so I'm excited to share this morning as we finish our four-part series based upon Ephesians and chapter 1, verses 18, 19, and 20. So let's turn there this morning as we begin uh, our fourth lesson in a series. The series is entitled, The Power of His Presence, His Mega Power Within. That's this morning's title, His Mega Power Within. And so let's begin by reading Ephesians in chapter 1, and verses 18, 19, and 20. <clears throat> Would you mind closing that door for me, honey? Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, 19, and 20. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance uh, in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated uh, him at his right hand in the heavenly places. This is a powerful scripture because it's talking about the power that God has given us. And uh, as you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we actually defined briefly what it meant that uh, the hope of his calling. And we defined briefly what it meant, the riches of his glory of the inheritance in the saints last week. And this week, we're talking about the surpassing greatness of his power. Now, I don't know if you remember, but a couple, three weeks ago, we talked about the word surpassing and the word greatness. And, and the word surpassing means to, to supersede. It literally is where we get the word hyper and, and to, to go beyond. And so uh, the hyper mega power that God has given us. And uh, the Greek word for greatness is the, the megas, where we get the word mega. And so uh, it's, it's amazing the power that we have available to us. And I think sometimes we forget that. So it's important to understand the power available to us that we then are able to live and express and use that power to change the world. So let's think a little bit about power. Power, most importantly, from God should be used to change our lives. You know, we need to look at the man in the mirror and then we need to begin to use God's word and by the power of his Holy Spirit to change our lives because our lives can then be powerfully used by God to influence the lives of others. We can literally change the world by the power of God that's within us. And that's really what we're going to be talking about this morning. And so we're going to be talking about two things. First, we want to answer the question, who and what is the source 
of this power and how do we grow it inside of us? And the second question is, what does this mega power actually do for us? And what does it do for God? And so we're going to look at those two questions this morning. But before we jump into point number one, I want to look once again at Ephesians and chapter, excuse me, Ephesians chapter three, that prayer that we prayed a few weeks ago in Ephesians chapter three. I want to read it again because twice it uses the power that we're talking about here. And so beginning in verse 14. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to show the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Do you remember the power? The power that we see in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19, where he says, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us? That word power there is dunamis. And it's the same exact word power there in verse 16, where Paul says that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with all dunamis, power, through his spirit in the inner man. And he uses the same word dunamis here again in verse 20, where he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power, the dunamis, that works within us. Do you remember what the definition of dunamis was? The definition of power according to the Greek language? It's a very powerful word. It means strength and the ability, the the potential to fulfill. It is also translated power. And when you look a little deeper and you dig a little bit more into the Greek language, this word dunamis actually means God's divine power acting on our minds and our hearts that we might live like and for him. You see the Holy Spirit inside of us is the spirit of power. It's the spirit that created the universe. It's the same spirit that we were given when we were raised up to walk in newness of life and became a new creation, born again of the water and the spirit. It's also it's also the power, the moral power, to perfect unto integrity and virtue of the soul. It's a it's a it's a moral power to perfect integrity and virtue of the soul so that people actually see a man or a woman who is actually walking after the very character, the very substance of the life of Jesus Christ. That power is the power to change the world. Now, how do I know that? Do you remember when Jesus walked on the earth in a physical body? 
Do you remember that people flocked to him? And it wasn't because he was handsome. We know the scriptures teach in the book of Isaiah that he was unattractive. There was nothing in him physically that would attract people to him. And although he spoke uh, very well, it wasn't that charisma, but rather his character, his deep and abiding love and concern for people, his gentleness, his kindness, his self-control, all of those things drew people to him. Those are the same powerful character qualities that you and I possess that we can share with the world. So let's begin on our point number one this morning. In, in point number one, we're asking the question, what is the source of this power? Well, notice in Ephesians and, and chapter one and verse 19, it says it right there, who the source of this power is. It says, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power? God's power granted to us through the Holy Spirit. We know that from the book of Ephesians in chapter 3 and, and verse uh, 16 there. The power of the Spirit in the inner man. So this is the Spirit of God, God present in us. But we want to read a little bit further in, in Ephesians in chapter 1. We want to read also verse 20. Notice it says here, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20. Well, let's read verse 19 and 20 together. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his power, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The power that God exerted in raising a dead man from the grave granting that he would be made eternal and seated with him in the heavenly places is the power that we have. When we were raised up out of the water grave of immersion, when we were crucified, buried, and then raised, it says we were raised up to walk in newness of life. It says that we were raised up as a new creation. Old things passed away, new things have come. There's power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so it's important for us to understand that the power that, that brought Jesus out of the grave is the power that lives within us. It was the power that raised us up out of sin and death and bound us together with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places. That power is the power that now dwells within us. The power that was in Christ when he walked this earth the power that raised Christ from the dead, the power that he possesses right now, we are co-heirs with him and we have that power in us. What Jesus was able to do in leading people to a saving knowledge of God, so we now have that power. And God desires that we would use that power to serve him. But notice in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, this confirms that the power that we have in us was granted to us when we are born from above or born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when we participated in his resurrection and immersion. Look at this passage of scripture, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Going on and it says, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now notice, remember, God or Paul wanted us to remember, to know what are what? The, the, the hope of our inheritance and the, the riches of the glory of that inheritance that we've been given. And here we say that we are born again to a living hope through the resurrection. That hope we have is given to us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ as we participated in his resurrection when we are raised up out of the water grave of our immersion. And notice it says here that we would obtain that inheritance. He's given us the down payment. He's given us the earnest, the pledge, the promise, his spirit within, which grants us then all the riches of his glory, his glorious, magnificent character. But now let's finish this passage of scripture here in verse five, excuse me, verse four and five. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. That's where we are seated, by the way, with Christ who are protected by the power, the dunamis of God, through faith. We are protected by God's power through faith. Faith is how we grow that power. Faith is how we maintain that power. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the word of God is used by his spirit. So it convicts us and it comforts us and it encourages us and and he inspires us and he comforts us. We need to recognize that this salvation is ready uh, to be revealed uh, to all of us uh, in the last time. But look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. It says, in this, in this hope, in this inheritance, in this power that we have through faith, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. You know, it's, the pandemic is around the world and governments, unfortunately, are exploiting this pandemic for their own devices and their own plans. But the church, the kingdom of God is unshakable. It's everlasting. And we are the kingdom of God. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We do have the power of God, the dunamis, that, that mega, hyper mega power of God able to change our lives and able to influence others to bring others to a saving knowledge of Christ. You see, we need to recognize this by being born again and raised up that we have the power to walk in the newness of life. And even when there's distress in our lives, even then and even more so, we can show the power of God in our lives. I'm gonna close this first point with Romans in chapter one, one of my favorite passages in the scriptures. I just want to remind us where this power comes from. Yes, it comes from faith. And many of you know who study the scriptures that we must have faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm studying with a really good man. I so appreciate him. His name is John Price. And we've been going through the elementary teachings and we're now working on the gospel. And uh, our last lesson, we talked about not only believing the gospel, but obeying the gospel. And most people don't even know what the gospel is. But let us refresh our memory about the power of God in the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the dunamis, 
the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Did you hear that? Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for the gospel is the power of God to those who believe. And so we are saved and we are sanctified and we are empowered through the indwelling presence of his spirit. Now we receive the spirit, as it says in Ephesians in chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, Paul says, in him, after hearing the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you are also sealed in him with the spirit of promise. And he, the Spirit, is the down payment, the earnest, the pledge of our inheritance. And so through the gospel, we receive the Holy Spirit. But do you remember 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2? I hope you turn there with me right now. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Do you remember we talked about the calling of God that grants us great hope? Do you remember that we are called through the gospel? Let's take a look once again because the power of his great character, his glory, is granted to us through the gospel. Notice it says here in verse 13, but we should always give thanks to you, uh, or always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this he called you through the gospel that you may gain the glory of Jesus Christ. It's through the gospel that we gain the glory of Jesus Christ. It's through the gospel that we receive the riches of his glory through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. You remember Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27 where it says that God wanted to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, the confident expectation that we'll be transformed from glory to glory. Brethren, there's power, but if you don't know that you have that power, you then cannot live the life you've been called to. And thus our second point this morning. Our second point, so important. What does the mega power that's in us, the, the power that God used to create the physical universe, the power that God used to create you as a new creation, if you're a Christian this morning, by the way, to take something that is physical and make it eternal takes more power than the physical creation which is passing away. So I need to recognize and understand that the power that we possess is the power that was available to God as he created the universe and created you and I new in Christ. That's the power that we have in us. Now, what can we do with this power? Look at 2 Peter with me. 2 Peter and chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. It says here 
the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. His divine power has granted to us everything we need for all of our life and for godliness. There's not one part of your life where the power of God cannot bring a huge blessing not only to you and to your family and to those around you, but will also cause you to, as we learned, to be perfected in in integrity, to be perfected in virtue in regards to the moral standard of God's character. But reading on, it says here in verse uh, 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. There's that glory of God again. We've been called to his glory and excellence. So seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Brethren, the way we continue to grow this power is through the true knowledge of Jesus Christ. Do you remember the passage of Scripture I quoted? And I pray that you've memorized it. It's Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It's a powerful verse that communicates your potential in Christ. In other words, what you can do in Christ. Paul says this in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this body, this physical body, I live by the faith of the Son of God, the one who loved me and delivered himself up for me. If we live by the faith of the Son of God, then every word and every deed manifests the character of Jesus Christ. There is power then in us as we look to the true knowledge of him. And so that in that true knowledge of him, we are called to his glory and excellence, his excellent moral character. Brethren, so important that we recognize the power of the word as we read it and meditate on it, that the scripture takes it and he convicts and empowers us to live as he's called us to live. You see, we, we believe that a man's actions are based upon his convictions, based upon his beliefs. And so the spirit within is like a turbocharger. I've talked about this before. The hyper mega power comes from the spirit, the supercharger. We take the word of God and he takes that and convicts us and empowers us and gives us the can-do attitude. Because we are Christians, Christ ones. All things have passed away. We are crucified with Christ. It's no longer you or I who live. It's Christ now that lives in this body. And he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we could ask or think through his power that works within us. The deutimos that works within us. Brethren, understand the power that you have in Christ Jesus to change not only yourself, but the world. That's what's so desperately needed right now. Well, look at Ephesians in chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. I just want to touch a little bit on that. 
Ephesians in chapter 3, verse uh, 20, uh, 14 uh, through 21. You know, we sometimes think that we are weak and feeble and frail. And, and uh, unfortunately, there's this terminology out there that's really messed up. It goes something like this. Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace to err as human, but uh, to do right as divine. Well, I've heard people say I'm only human and that's why I continue to sin. I've heard people, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's a terrible thing because your mind is not set as God wants it to be set. You see, this passage of scripture clearly teaches that. Take a look once again with at verse 16, Paul's prayer request. He wants those Christians to have the right mindset, the right understanding of who they are in Christ Jesus. Look at this. Verse 16, Paul's prayer. He's praying that God would grant us, you and I, according to the riches of his glory, remember that's his great magnificent character within, to be strengthened with power, dunamis, that that hyper-mega power that we just learned about in Ephesians 1.19, that hyper-mega power through his spirit in the inner man, so that as it says there in verse uh, 19, that we would know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that we would be filled up to all the fullness of God. By the great love of God, we can change the world just as Jesus Christ changed the world. We can manifest that love. Look what it says in in the next verse, verse 20. Now to him, Jesus Christ, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, the deutimos that works within us. Brethren, understand the power that you have and use that power. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. If you say to yourself, which is not scriptural, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, you're going to act like a sinner. Well, let me share with you. You know, I've heard that in Alcoholics Anonymous that they they make this statement. They say, hi, my name is Bill and I'm an alcoholic. Well, what happens if I'm in the church and I say, hi, my name is Bill and I'm a sinner? Well, you what, what picture do you get when you think of someone who's an alcoholic? You think of someone who's constantly drinking. What do you think of someone who says, hi, my name is Bill and I'm just a sinner? Well, what am I going to do? Well, with that mindset, I'm going to sin. But what if I use God's word? Hi, my name is Bill and I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer Bill who lives, but Christ lives in this body. And the life which I now live in this body, I'll live by the faith of the Son of God. Powerful. I am a son of God. Ladies, you are daughters of God. And the old man has been crucified. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man, any woman is in Christ, they're a new creation. They're not the same old. They're a new creation. Old things have passed away. New things have come. Do you believe that? You must believe that in order for you to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Brethren, how critical it is then for us to understand the spirit of God, the spirit of power 
As we read his word, he changes our mind so that our words are the words of Christ. Our deeds are the deeds of Christ. I pray that you've already begun memorizing 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. I pray that you've been memorizing that. I have it memorized. That's my picture of who I am. I'm a bondservant of the Lord. I will not quarrel, but I will be kind to all, uh, uh, able to teach a, a patient when wronged with gentleness, reaching to those who might be reviling me with gentleness in prayer that they will be restored through repentance, that they might be set free from the devil's snare. Brethren, that's us. That's you. That's me. We are bondservants of the Lord. We are able to show the glory of God, his great love, his great kindness, his great patience, his great gentleness. That's what changes the world. Brethren, my prayers is that we would wake up and realize who we are in Christ Jesus. That we would wake up and realize the power that we have available to us to love as he loved, to live as he lived, to speak as he spoke, to change the world as he changed the world. We're in such desperate times of distress. My prayer is, is that we would not allow those things to cause us to fear, but we would step into the power that we've been given that we might manifest it. I pray that uh, you would remember Proverbs 24 and verse 10. You know, when we are slack in times of distress, times of distress, how limited is our strength? You see, we can't be slack. We need to step up and be greatly encouraged and be courageous through the power of Christ. You know, some of the greatest power we've ever seen in a human body and a human soul is when Jesus Christ lived his last two days on earth. The power in the horrors of all that was coming upon him and he showed the power of God and the power of his character and we can do the same. Let's, let's close with this passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then I'm going to clue, uh, conclude in 2 Corinthians and uh, the, the chapter 12. So 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. One of my favorite passages. I know I got a lot of them, but this is truly one of my favorites. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And then 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. A powerful passage of scripture. Uh, all of chapter four is amazing, but look at verse seven and following. But we have this treasure, these glorious riches in an earthen vessel. That's this body. So that the surpassing greatness of the dudamus, the power will be of God and not from ourselves. You know, when I can do things that God did through his son, Jesus Christ, it's because God's doing them through me. It's not me, it's God. And so notice it says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I don't think I've experienced any of those. And yet Paul powerfully continued to move forward. You know, in the distress that we experience right now, it's nothing compared to what he went through. Let us get our minds set to live powerfully for him in this time of difficulty. I, I don't know, more difficult times may come in the future. Let's prepare for them. 
Notice it goes on in verse 10. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. I was crucified with Christ. How about you? So that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. Crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Reading on and it says in verse 11. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. Why? So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. The life of Jesus manifested in our mortal flesh. Hi, my name is Bill, and I'm a Christian, and I was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. I'm a holy one of God. I'm a new creation. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. That's all scriptural, brethren. Let's name it, claim it, because it's ours in Christ Jesus. Now let's close. Let's look to the Apostle Paul as he looked to Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians and chapter 12, a passage of scripture that is absolutely amazing. You know, many have read this and they go, wow, that's awesome. Brethren, this scripture is for you and me. We need to embrace this as truth so no matter what the future holds, we know that God holds our future that our hope is secure and steadfast is entered within the veil, as it says in the book of Hebrews, and that, and that our salvation is secure in Christ Jesus, and that no matter what comes, nothing can separate us from the love of God unless we wimp out and walk away. There's power then to overcome, brethren. Let's read it in closing. Let's consider these things. Second Corinthians in chapter 12, beginning in verse 9. And he has, he said to me, and Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power, power, dunamis, is perfected in weakness. You have two choices when, when horrible things happen to you. You can either give up or you can grow up. Which are you going to do? Are you going to give up or are you going to grow up? Notice the following then. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power, the dunamis of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, literally mistreatments, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Brethren, the distresses that we're experiencing right now, the troubles that our cities and, and counties and states and nation and world are experiencing right now, we need to recognize that it's a time for us to choose. Will we depend on the power of God, the deutimus, to be those who are more than conquerors in this crazy time? Or are we going to give up? Brethren, it's a choice we need to make. If you're a Christian this morning, you have the fullness of deity dwelling within you through the Holy Spirit. You have the fullness of dunamis, God's power in you, so that you can live a life of great confidence and character, so that you can not only change your life, but you can change the world around you as you influence. Brother, my prayer is that we would take this seriously. How did this all take place? It all started with Jesus being willing to sacrifice himself. 
if Jesus was not willing to come into the world and lay aside all his glory and take on the form of a bondservant and be made in the likeness of man and then to humble himself to the point of death, even death on a criminal's cross, none of what we have would be granted to us. It's through Christ Jesus, and we need to never forget that. And so my prayer is, is that we remember, we remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so, brethren, would you turn with me as we take a look at 1 Corinthians in chapter 11? Jesus desires that we would never forget. Paul was counseled by Christ, taught by Christ, as it says, by way of revelation. And notice what Paul says here to remind the Christians in the city of Corinth who were really struggling with selfishness and and worldly desires. You see, he said, you need to remember the sacrifice that was made for you, beginning in verse 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23, as we set our minds now to the Lord's Supper, remembering his great sacrifice. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember, I lived a holy and blameless life for you so that I could take your sin and give you my holy and blameless life. And then again, in verse 25, in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we partake of the blood in the Old Testament, as I've been reading through uh, uh, Exodus and uh, Numbers, uh, Leviticus, it communicates that there's life in the blood. Jesus was willing to lay his life down. He was willing to shed his blood so that we might have forgiveness of sins, so that all the old would pass away, so that he could give us his life through the Holy Spirit. The new has come. You know, this scripture here is really helping us to remember that when we partake of the bread and the cup, that we really are partaking of In this unleavened bread, we're partaking of the holy, blameless life of Christ. We're partaking in it, not just now, but we're called to remember so that we'll partake in his holy and blameless life throughout this week, that we might change the world for him. And this blood represents the sacrifice he made. And we need to remember that as Christians, we are called to make the same sacrifices to bring people into a saving knowledge of Christ. My prayer as we partake together, we'd remember the amazing salvation that was secured through the sacrifice of Christ, but then we would make that amazing sacrifice now to secure the salvation of others now. Let's pray together that we would remember these things throughout the week. Lord, as we partake of this unleavened bread, which represents your sinless life, your sinless body, we pray, Father, that recognizing that we uh, were crucified with you, we were buried with you, we were raised up with you, but we're called now to walk in newness of life, that life of power and that life of purity, that life of integrity. 
Father, we pray that we'd remember that this week as we walk this way. But Father, also too, we'd remember that that life that you've given us is secured by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, by his sacrifice. Father, help us to never forget that sacrifice and help us to live that sacrifice this week as we lay our lives down in the service of others. We pray this in Jesus' name as we partake now. Amen. Well, brethren, it's it's been a pleasure to serve you once again. I pray that you are encouraged. I pray that you'll go back and study these things out to make sure that I'm teaching the truth. But I pray that you would also apply these things that we've learned. Again, if you're interested, I'm doing a study uh, entitled God and Government. I started it here uh, three weeks ago in light of the, the present uh, cultural societal upheaval. Um, and what we see in regards to government overreach. So I started a series called God and Government, a Historical, Biblical, Constitutional Perspective. And really the whole drive is to restore our great republic, to bring us back to what we once were, one nation under God. And so I pray that you might join me at 7 o'clock on Wednesday evenings, and uh, I hope to see you there. And uh, also too, brethren, if you want me to send you the, uh, um, the note sheet for the lesson, please contact me, however you can. Contact me, and I will send that to you before next week's lesson. Thank you very much, and may the Lord continue to bless you and use you powerfully uh, for Him. All right, goodbye now. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.